Welcome to the Austin Approach. I'm your co-host Bryce Duby. And I'm your co-host Michelle Lai. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. How are you doing today, Bryce? Well, it's currently we're recording this on December 20th, uh, getting ready for we're in the middle of the holiday travel season and I am working from home as we record this and have a sweatshirt on because it's actually a little chilly out. That cold front came through over the weekend and like it's starting to feel a little bit like Christmas. Temporarily. Yes, it is. It's lovely out there, actually. It's really, really nice, really fresh. Yes, it's definitely done wonders for just I, I it, it's always one of those things that in Texas you never know kind of what the weather's going to be this time of year and it's, I'm hoping like we can hold on to a little bit more of this this week because I really don't want it to be like 80 degrees on Christmas because that will maybe <sighs> take a little bit of the wind out of my sails but right now I'm feeling it I've got the wreath up on the front of my house and nice I, I'm in the mood I love it I, I got I got in the mood too um so I have a I have like a little living area at the front of my house and um and so I normally put a little tree up there and I, I put it up two days ago. I put it up on Saturday, finally. Uh, I have the family tree up already, but I put this little tree up. And when I tell you, Bryce, it was pathetic. It was the most pathetic little tree you've ever seen and I couldn't stand it. And so, um, yeah, I ended up going out yesterday and uh, buying a new tree, which was good because uh, it was super cheap compared to what, like, well, they tell you, they tell you here's 50% off, but you don't really know if that's what's really happened. <laughs> but anyway, so I got a bigger tree and, um, and I spent all day yesterday switching out the trees and it looks amazing. And so I put on some Christmas songs and, uh, yeah, I am now totally full flow into Christmas. I've got both trees up. It's epic. I'm excited and they both look good. <laughs> so yeah, the Christmas decorations in the house are fairly subdued this year because – and it's something I actually realized I've never mentioned on the podcast, but uh, a couple months back, I adopted a brand-new puppy. Um, you so, certainly did. So she is just about f- five months old right now. So I think like, like having like big tree and lots of decorations and all those things because she is extremely adventurous um, – would be a bad idea in the house. So I've got my big wreath out front and a little bit less inside, but I'm jealous of your two trees. I'm telling you, uh, when I, when I first met little pupsters, she was tiny and now she's not so tiny. Five months has, uh, put like five years on this dog. She's huge and boisterous and adorable. Full of energy. It's, 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 it's been great. So speaking of like like holiday memories and things and all, and uh, like this time of year, like you have any like pleasant holiday memories? I know we were kind of talking before we started recording all of this, like, traveling during the holidays and all those types of things. It's the holiday travel season. What, what, you have any good memories? Yeah, well, I mean, I used to travel home back to Ireland every other Christmas. So um, I wouldn't say they were pleasant memories, though, to be honest with you. Not the travel piece, only because when you travel to Ireland, you have to go um, through the East Coast. And when you go through the East Coast, you're looking at snow and ice and storms and all that fun stuff, trying to get out right on time for Christmas. So uh, the holiday excel. And, and the other thing is you go to Ireland and it's freezing, right? Like it's freezing cold. And <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, do I have wonderful memories of traveling? Uh, not necessarily the travel piece, but certainly being home for Christmas was brilliant. Although one year I did, uh, we did bite the bullet and decide to go to, um, where do we go? We went to Steamboat Springs skiing for Christmas. Oh. And that was brilliant. And for some reason, not anywhere near as troublesome to get to, even though Denver was covered in snow when we flew in and then we flew into Steamboat Springs from there. Um, but yeah, brilliant ski resort had a, great time and it was really kind of odd um, because we literally spent Christmas and Christmas Day there. 
Um, I don't think I would do it again, but uh, loved it when I was there. Oh yeah, no, I, I think some of the, taking some of those trips and things are always great. It's funny you actually mentioned that with skiing at Christmas because uh, I know one thing, and this is totally segueing into just a, a quick air service plug here. But Taos Air has returned to Austin Bergstrom. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with them. No, where did they fly um, in and out of? So they're they actually operate out of Signature Air Service. So down uh, on the south side of the airport, they're one of our FBOs. Um, but it's basically. Uh, it's a, a charter service that flies from Austin to Taos uh, during ski season. So it means it's it's similar to what we had with like JSX with like sort of that private plane experience, same type of thing. Yeah. Go down there, hop on a plane, land in Taos, go for a nice little ski weekend. I mean, it's they are back, and I think that's a really cool thing. It just, it just kind of made me think of that when you mentioned Steamboat Springs. So yeah, it's, if you want to check that, we've got that information on our website, and you can also just search for Taos Air. T-A-O-S. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Have you, do you travel over Christmas normally? Um, When I was in the military, that was always kind of like, we had like the holiday block leave thing. So it depends. I haven't done it as much actually since I've gotten out of the military. Uh, although, so it was always like kind of going home and seeing family and things. Although a couple of years ago, um, we went to, I went home to see family again, but ended up taking a side trip not on Christmas itself, but just during this time of year, down to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia, oh. um, which is an extremely cool place to visit in the winter. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there or if you're familiar with it. No, I'm not at um, all. But so it's Williamsburg. It's one of the oldest um, places in Virginia and the East Coast, and they've kept this one section in Colonial Williamsburg still established the way it was in the 1700s. And they have reenactors who were there who like make wow. candles and are blacksmiths and run all the taverns and all these types of things. Um, and at Christmas time, they go all out with like carolers and they had a parade through the street with like a like fife and drum. And they were carrying like uh, like lanterns and torches and like playing to go all the way down to like the town square for singing. And you can go in and like like. We stayed in like the tavern that Thomas Jefferson stayed in when he was in law school there. Um, and it's all done nice. up in like a colonial style. You can go down to the tavern and get a, get a drink and have some food. It, like, it's a, it was a really cool Christmas experience. Um, blisteringly cold. I think it was like 28 degrees. Um, I was going to say. But, but it, it was it was fantastic. It's one of those kind of interesting little east coast places you can visit um unfortunately we do not have i had something i have a i had a picture of it and i was just remember i had a mug of something it was like in a clay mug and i'm like sitting at like candlelight in a tavern um like it was this really cool perfect like kind of christmasy fun thing it's like hearkening back i don't know it's 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 interesting i i thoroughly enjoyed it i was also a history major so for me it was just perfect but of course you were bryce is there anything that you're not you're everything. You're all things to all people. <laughs> I love it. But this is our 20th episode. I know, which here we didn't even do this on purpose, but it's December 20th for our 20th oh, episode. Wow. <laughs> Just and our last episode. Earlier. Yeah. And our last that? episode of the, oh, our last episode of the year. <laughs> of I know, the year. I was like, wait, was this our last episode? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so we will we'll be taking a break, um, heading into the new year and all of that type of stuff. And we'll, we'll be coming back, but this will be our last episode of 2021. Um, episode and what 20. a year it's been. It, what a year it has been. There has been a lot of stuff and hats off to you, Bryce. You have kept in touch with all, all things, air service, all things happening at the airport. I feel like I've been a, a bystander watching you like give me all this information, but we have had quite a year at the airport. No. Yeah. I went back and looked through a bunch of our press releases on sort of what we've done throughout this year. Um, and I think really the, if you could, and we jokingly in every episode say it, but if you could describe Austin Bergstrom 2021 in one word, I think the word is busy. Yeah. Or recovered. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's been a year. I mean, it's, and, it, and it's still, we're, we're, we're not, we're not fully back. I, I think we, we can be candid and clear about all of that. And I think now even with, um, we're seeing with with Omicron and COVID numbers are starting to go back up, heading into the winter and things like that. Uh, it is something to be mindful of that I think we we've all kind of learned that as quickly as things can go, things can potentially go away. So we always want to we want we want to this take this time to really be celebratory and with the end of the year and all of that. But it is something that is in the forefront of our minds. I had to go get tested yesterday because uh, oh, I, I had an exposure over the weekend. So. So this is the thing, right? They say that Omicron is now, it is as contagious as the measles. And the measles is is like one of the most contagious uh, diseases out there, right? So Omicron hmm. is, there's they're, they're, they're quoting what, like 50, 50 times more uh, contagious than Delta, even though it may not be as severe, which some data is still to come out on. So when I look back at this past year, Bryce, I think about this time last year, People were not as able to go see families or, or visit families as they were in Christmas of um, 2020. The vaccine hadn't come out yet, although, I mean, it had just started to roll out for our um, frontline and essential workers, but it hadn't been out to the general public. You certainly struggled to get any kind of test at home. And I know you and I were talking that... You know, you said, "Hey, I've I've been uh, potentially exposed over the weekend, so I went and, and bought some some home tests." I mean, things are certainly there for uh, travelers to, you know, just in, increase confidence in in traveling, but also just make sure that we have really good awareness on the, the fundamentals haven't changed, right? Yep. You still have to wear a mask. You still have to. Um, uh, wash your hands and use plenty of hand sanitizer and touching surfaces. Try to keep your face away from, I'm sorry, your hands away from your face, your faces away from each other, <laughs> right? Like it's still, all of those fundamentals are absolutely the same, but now we just have more tools at our disposal to make really good informed decisions about whether or not to travel. And one of those things is going to be going to CVS, as you said, and going and picking up a test to go see. You were talking about the efficacy of the tests or the, what, what were you saying then? numbers were yeah i mean the number it's it's still it's based on some some of the testing that's been done and things at least the one the ones that i picked up what i saw online was it looks like they are for at least finding negatives fairly accurate it's a little bit more one of the positive side if you're positive it's it's a little trickier but if you're negative you know i think that within they were saying like within like 99 percent accuracy which is pretty good um and they were i was as long as you do them right you have to follow the instructions they were honestly i was joking with somebody over the weekend they're kind of like a pregnancy test like other than you like swipe your nose but then you like dip it in the thing and you put the strip and you wait for the lines to show up um yeah. it was easy to use but um 
and it, I mean, really, like it was 15 minutes for peace of mind. So um, it was good. I'm going to do a follow up one in a couple of days just to make sure everything's good, because I know there's like a, t- a window for everything. Um, well, I hope the next one's negative for you. Oh, baby. Me too. <laughs> there's nothing worse than feeling um, under the under the weather at Christmas. Right. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That would that would not be. I, th- I would be doing the test on like Christmas Eve, and I think that'd be the worst present to unwrap. But, oh. um, but I know it's. I know it is. I mean, not to make light of the situation, it is still a thing out there. And I think what you said is a hundred percent spot on. That there are a lot of tools at our disposal now, and there are a lot of things, a lot of changes. I mean, we've we've been going through this at the airport for a while now. So we have. You walk in the front door, there's packs of masks available for you. You go up to ticketing counters. We've got plexiglass. We've got a lot more touch-free, op- touchless options, things like that. Um, all those types of things, we kind of have all that, as well as the federal mask policies are in place now through March. So, so I mean, we're, yeah. we're there's things in place, I think, that we're, in a lot of ways, better equipped than we would have been, say, Christmas last year, which is why we saw numbers uh, that were lower last year as far as folks traveling. I mean, the numbers, what we're seeing this week, they're about what we were seeing in 2019. Um, yeah. It always depends year to year because Christmas – kind of jumps around during the week and just when people decide, eh, maybe we'll just do Thanksgiving and not Christmas or something like that. But yeah, we're, it's, it's similar. It's about 27, 28,000 passengers going through security. I think today is like 25,000 or so. Uh, and that's, that's about where we were in 2019, 2020, we were seeing like six to 10,000, maybe 11,000 on like the busy day, but it's, it's, yeah. it's started to come back. I mean, when you think about that, 25,000 people going through an airport or like a structure per day like folks that's a lot that is a lot of people it's a lot of uh of um of traffic and it's a lot of work from our staff to really make sure that we can get folks through yeah Um, and we've had good practice this year i mean the other thing to remember is after f1 we saw thirty five thousand people and then the sunday before thanksgiving we saw thirty two thousand people so we've really i mean we've been busy this year and i think that's something um as we kind of head into 2022, which is an extremely weird thing to say. Um, but as we head into this new year, I mean, it's, it's, we, we've really kind of been put through our paces this year and been able to test some things out and figure some things out. And there's, there's a lot to really be proud of that we, what we've accomplished. Well, we've also opened a new checkpoint. Yeah. We did uh, last week or last yeah. weekend. Uh, we have opened security checkpoint two East. Um, yeah. it's got a little bit of a funky name, but it's because it's sort of a flexible checkpoint. It's one that we can kind of open and close based on peak travel times and things like that. So it's really right now being used mainly in the mornings, uh, to get folks through. And we can just have now four security checkpoints up and running and gives us just a little bit more flexibility with passengers and getting everybody through. Yeah. And that, that happened, um, that that all that the whole execution of that was beautiful. By the way, um, the the plan yeah. and execution it happened very quickly, and it happened very well. And uh, hats off to our our team for um, for putting all of that together and and getting it operational, and for TSA for working with us and making it operational as quickly as they did. Yeah, I think they said that the whole construction project was like twenty nine days, which no, nothing gets built at the airport in twenty nine days. So I know, yeah, that's they did an amazing yeah, like said, job. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to put our passenger first, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is part of the passenger experience. We get it. We're not, we're not slapping ourselves in the back going everything's perfect. Like we, we totally understand that just with the waves of passengers that are coming that we need to make adjustments to help with that passenger experience. And nobody wants to be lining up for, you know, two hours to get through security. Like we're aware of that. We just have some limitations on, on what, what we can do to make it better. Uh, but it's not for a lack of innovation or a lack of wanting or trying. So uh, again, like I said, I think it's I think it's wonderful that we're we're trying our very best to to meet um, to meet our our customers where they need to be met, especially and you know all the forces that are sort of working against us. And space is one of those things. I mean, we're yeah. only so big. Yep, and that's I mean that was the thing we talked about the other day on our previous episode with Mookie and he was talking about with concessions and Hey, well, what if we added like the pizza places? Like, well, at this point we're now getting to a point where we're really paying attention to real estate in the airport, which is why I think the whole airport expansion uh, program is such an exciting thing. I mean, we keep teasing about it and dancing around it on the episode. We haven't, there's still a lot of things in development with all of that, but there's going to be some significant changes over the next five years to the airport. The whole, I mean, we're, we're going to see a lot of growth, a lot of expansion, a lot of construction to really accommodate all the changes that we've seen. So it's, I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. So tell us, Bryce, what, what airlines did we see? What new stuff did we see this year? Oh man. This past um, year? I, I was scrolling through all of our press releases and looking through everything that we've done. I mean, we, it, it's, it's been a big year. Uh, I mean, we kicked off the year with, uh, well, it was really actually December of the previous year, but we rolled right in with, uh, brand new service to Hawaii. Hawaiian airlines came in nonstop service to Honolulu, uh, which has been fantastic. Uh, they've been great to work with. So that was one of our first big announcements back in April of the year. Also in April, uh, Allegiant made a major investment into Austin with their announcement that they were going to have uh, a base set up here, which means overnighting aircraft, permanent staff here, all those types of things, as well as a bunch of new flights. They just launched a bunch of new ones um, right now in December. Uh, there's a bunch of new routes that they've added. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really been the trend was these sort of these additions of these things. And then a lot of really great growth expansion. I know we had a ton of air service announcements from American this year. Um, they added some, and we've talked about a bunch of them before on some yep. of our previous episodes. They've had some really cool destinations, um, really made it. There's a lot more options for travelers now. Um, so it's not necessarily just one airline flying to one city. There's a couple choices now when you're going to some of these destinations as well as some of these other super cool destinations. Our first ever flight into Central America um, with uh, Liberia, Costa Rica. We now fly to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, some really cool stuff uh, that we're seeing on American front. And then um, not to be outdone, Southwest made some major announcements as well. And they're going to be um, bringing not just they added air service this year, but they're going to be bringing even more things coming next year. It's going to be their largest schedule ever in Austin starting in March of 2022. Amazing. And then of course we brought in JSX was a new, um, was a new, uh, ride as well. Yep. We, and that's, and that was a, um, really cool service. And we've talked about them before that kind of private passenger plane experience. It's just something new and cool that, um, between stuff, stuff like that and house air, some of those ways that we can have a little bit of innovation, uh, here at the airport to do some different things for our, because we know there are all sorts of different types of travelers with all sorts of different needs who want to have different types of flight experiences. And it's really cool that we're able to accommodate all of that. 
Yes, and I and I know I know that there's been staff certainly that have taken advantage of uh, British Airways returning as well into London. Now things are things are a little um, stressed out there over across the pond um, with uh, with uh, Europe uh, sy- systematically closing down borders right now. Um, so as yet, we're still good to go. But I'll, I will say that there's a lot of our staff who are like, whoops, let's go. I've, I've had friends that have been to London and back as soon as BA opened. They were like, let's go. Uh, you know, so uh, not lovely to see BA back too. But it's yeah, not just it really, been, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's really been the return of, I mean, a lot of the international travel. And that's been, that's been, that's been the one thing I think for me that's been exciting to see, see seeing BA come back um, when we worked over the summer with Aeromexico coming back and bringing it. We know, we know those flights are so important to a lot of families um, who travel internationally and may have loved ones across the border. And it's been a while since they've been able to get to these places easily. So it's um, like, it's been really great to see those things come back. I mean, even with um, Air Canada and service to Toronto, like just kind of seeing all of that stuff has been, has been, I think good. And I think that's something that's kind of being reflected on this year with all heading into the holidays. Yeah. And then, of course, we also have our concessions. So, you know, there was pretty slim pickings there for a while with concessions. They've been slow to recover, hiring people. I mean, my goodness, we have just had the the plan, you know, this global, uh, the great resignation. It's a real thing. Um, People are struggling to come back into the workplace. We're struggling to get them into the workplace. Our concessions have been hit a little bit. Uh, So there's some concessions out there that are working limited hours, but we were also open in new places, too. And, And I think you went to one last week, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've really seen this year, uh, and I, I know we mentioned on the last episode that, that Mookie pointed that this was they just had their biggest month ever for concessions. So we've been able yes. to get things back and add a ton of new options. Um, the two things I've mentioned that are really cool that we're, we've added um, one is is the touchless options that we have now in Austin article, and they've done some other ones. I just tried one out the other day with some is coffee that the options now. The Mishi Pay thing is super Mishi cool. Pay. Where you, mm-hmm. you can basically use your phone as as the cash register, right? You can scan barcodes on it and check out and pay and just go in and go out. Uh, they've added some other ones with QR codes. There's a couple coffee stations now in the terminal where you can just scan the scan the cup, pay, and just fill up your coffee and go. Um, but awesome. But we also have actually opened a brand new brand concession, uh, Zoglo. Uh, over in our nine gate expansion area. Talk to me about that. So they offer a variety of Tex-Mex style uh, dishes. I actually got some chicken nachos, which were amazing. It was black beans, chicken, and a little bit of white queso. And um, they were, it was extremely good. Uh, it was a photo. If you look on any of our social media, we made an announcement that they were open. It was that, that was actually the meal I ate. Um, <laughs> that we use for that photo. That's always one of the little perks of our job. It's like, ah, I got to go get a photo of like the new place that opened up. So I guess I'll go eat a hamburger at this new restaurant or go get a plate of nachos for lunch. Delicious. Was it awesome? It was, it was really good. I mean, they were, it was their first day and they were still, they were a little like, Hey, we're still working on a few things, figuring things out. And I was like, this is, this is great. I have no, no notes. Um, so it was, it, it was, we'll have to it ask was solid. Did, did they serve salsa with it? Of course they did. Right. Surely there was yep. salsa. Okay. Did the salsa have cilantro in it? uh, I don't remember offhand. Mm, Um, Need to ask. Yeah, but they had it. Was it was really good? I like I said, I got a big, big old plate of nachos. You can get chips and queso. You can get tacos. They've got all sorts of different good stuff. Um, 
So yeah, right in our nine gate area, uh, as soon as you come in on the right hand side, you'll see beer drop and where we're going to have noble sandwich and sushi go go opening sometime in the near future. They're right on the end of that. Uh, it's perfect. Play. I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's one of the, I, I mean, I, I don't want to pick favorites in the airport, but that was probably one of my favorite meals I've had in the airport recently. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of favorites, let me let me pivot a little bit into like favorite people. And speaking about here we are opening up a new um, uh, checkpoint, you know, in with the new, out with the old, our guest speaker today is somebody fabulous who is uh, has has been serving as uh, the deputy chief operations officer. Uh, for AUS for uh, a number of years now. She's been with us actually with the city for uh, over 26 years. And uh, she was kind enough to grace us on her very last day and be part of our podcast. Um, And I cannot wait till we have a conversation with her because she is uh, certainly going to be missed around here and has made an impact, certainly made an impact over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, as, as someone who I've been trying to, we've been trying to get her on the show, I think probably since episode one. Yes. Um, like you said, she, it was absolutely incredible for her to do it on her, on her, literally her final day. We interviewed her last week on her absolute last day at the airport. Um, so let's take a quick break and then we will come right back with that. Want to stay connected with the Austin approach? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. You can also find us online on Facebook and Twitter at Austin Airport, on Instagram at AUS Airport, and on our website at austintexas.gov slash airport. Got a question or topic you'd like to hear on a future episode? Email us at theaustinapproach at austintexas.gov. Michelle, I am over the moon for our next guest, Uh, somebody who... Typically stays away from the limelight, I think, uh, here at AUS. But we 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 begged. We were on our hands and knees the other day um, for our next guest. And well, actually, I, Bryce, I, I think you did it because, in all honesty, she kept turning me down. So you came in with your 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 charm, and she had to fold. You folded, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We give you Miss Denise Hatch. Hello, welcome. Happy to be here. I got tag teamed is what happened. You did get tag teamed. We we both give you the puppy dog look, didn't we? That yes. WWE action. <laughs> so before we get too far into things, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is, what is your role here at the airport um, and, and, and what do you do or and how long have you been with the airport? Well, um, I've been here 26 and a half years and today is actually my last day. Um, I started out as a police cadet, I'm currently the airport operations uh, deputy chief um, under Ghislaine and her leadership. And um, I think my biggest role is just facilitating the operations and taking care of things on a day to day basis. So, you, yeah, I mean, I, I know and it's this is a, this is a very bittersweet interview. I mean, it was, you said it's, it's your last day. And we also don't want to keep you from that because um, I'm sure you have other things to do but again just for that one reason alone we super appreciate it but you 26 years i mean that's 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 a lot you have i mean you've seen 
it, the Department of Aviation changed in ways that very few other people have. What's what's been the biggest change for you? The growth. It's kind of funny that we've come full circle. When I started out, we were at Robert Mueller and uh, it was it was interesting. I'd been there about three years and then we moved out here um, and it was kind of funny because then we were the airport or I was with the airport police. And so we would direct traffic all the time because there was no parking. The traffic would back up all the way to Manor road and it was crazy. Um, and now we've kind of, uh, we came out here and we had all this room and we're like, Oh great. Now we can breathe. And, uh, now we're back to no room. So it's, it's kind of interesting how it's kind of come full circle in 21 years. Wow. Yeah. No, no doubt. But also, I mean, from police cadet to airport operations chief, I mean, that is an awesome career, Denise. Yeah. It, I, I was always um, just fortunate to know a lot of people and, and the people that I worked for were always good at making me look good. So I, I, I knew I wasn't the smartest person in the room, but I always tried to surround myself with really intelligent people and not be afraid to let them shine. So that was kind of always my path. And then just maintain your honesty and integrity. And that's kind of helped out through my career. I, and I think you're I mean, being a little humbled there. I mean, you, you really are and have been just a huge part of the team here. I mean, I've only been here a few years now, but it's, I mean, even from very early on, at least on the PIO side, we know like, hey, if you need to find out something and we need to know what, what, this, what the situation is, what's going on, get in touch with Denise. She's got all the latest every, I mean, you, you really are, have been just, at least for my role, just a huge piece of working here at the airport, making sure we can provide relevant information to the public, to the media and all of those things, especially during some of these responses that we've had to do, because I know we've responded to a lot of things. Well, I've always kept the PIO group close um, and they've transitioned and, and uh, over the years, but I kept them close because you guys were the conduit to get information out to the public. And so the more informed you guys were, the better we could um, get the information out to people, um, our stakeholders and the other employees, um, especially now with social media, because back in the day we didn't have that. We had landlines um, and pagers and all sorts of stuff. And now everything just happens at the speed of sound. Um, it's kind of interesting, like uh, if we don't get that information to y'all so that you can use Twitter or, or other social media feeds, um, we get a lot of misinformation. And so that, critical link with the PIO group is just uh, so important in emergency management, especially. Yeah, we, we've had some guests on before. Uh, with Tanner came on, we talked about some of that stuff, and it really is the speed at which things happens is, is, is just been fascinating. I know, um, like, at least for, we're very grateful. I mean, it, it always makes a PIO's life easier knowing that there are folks we can reach out to and teams we can reach out to to get that information 24-7 and really all that. So I, 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 it's I really appreciate you and the folks that um, you've led really understanding the value of all of that. So, well, one of the things too, Denise, is you've had to really adapt because I mean, going from pagers to you know Bluetooth and wireless—that's <laughs> a lot of tech ad adapting, don't you think? <laughs> it is. I'm still not very good at it, but uh, yeah. I mean, when we started with the at Mueller, we didn't really have computers. You know, we had in in the police units, we had little MDCs, they called them, and there were little 
uh, very, um, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, very, um, now by today's standards would be very dinosaur-like machines, but we didn't have email. Everything was done by shotgun envelopes and, and, you know, when you didn't... uh, like when I'm off work now, I still respond to emails and text and things like that. So you're kind of employee on demand. Um, but back then, you just had to wait till you came back to your shift and go through your mail and, and things. So it's, yeah, it's been crazy. A couple of, you know, years. Well, when you talk about employee on demand, Denise, if ever there was an employee that is on demand, it's you. Right. I mean, this is one of the things that the airport is going gonna, is gonna to miss is people like yourself who come in at the drop of a hat are are always on are always ready to respond i mean you are always here I, I, I just try to be i try to be for my employees too because one of the things that happens is um even if it's not an emergency it's just a, a personnel issue an hr type issue they need that feedback and that feedback's really important. And so um, that can be a blessing and a curse because when you start responding and then if you don't respond for some reason right away, then people start kind of getting worried. But uh, I, I just always thought it was easy to stay on top of it. And then I think from an emergency management mindset, I'm always ready for the next crisis. So if I don't take care of this now, there's going to be something else and I don't like getting behind. So that's why I will check my emails when I was on vacation or at night or uh, just, just again, to get that feedback to the, to the people. And if I don't know the answer, I'll just say, Hey, I don't know, or this will have to wait. So one theme for this episode, um, we're looking back, this is gonna be our last one of the year. 2021 has been a heck of a year. Um, and oh, I know yeah. you, you've been <laughs> at the forefront of some of that. I'd love to talk about, I mean, we kicked off this year still in the thick of it with the pandemic and tra- pa- tra- passenger numbers were down and all of that. And rolled right into a winter storm. What, what are you looking back on this year? What What are some of the things that really stand out to you that have been just like some big moments? Because I mean, there's there's been a lot. The resiliency of the staff, because you couldn't write Steven Spielberg. All the great directors could not write a script like this year. Um, it's kind of funny because we were in the pandemic then. Snowmageddon hits and it's a seven day issue. Electricity has gone. Everything, uh, water, then we lose water. And, and you've got employees that are not only having to deal with the emergency here, but they're also having their families and friends and pets and everything at home that are in, in dire needs as well. So it was, it was a challenge. Um, and then when we were doing sheltering operations with the staff here, they couldn't go home. With the sheltering operations, we couldn't put like normal amounts of people in a room together because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, because again, we didn't at that time, the vaccine was not really available for most of us. Um, I think it had just started to roll out to some of our first responders um, and high risk populations. So that was a challenge. Um it's just, it was incredible. And then, then our food supply chain was drying up. We didn't have uh, a way to necessarily feed the troops at one point, or we were worried about that. Now we, we may do thanks to, you know, Tawana and Ghislaine and lots of people helping um, that with that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a scary situation and, and it was almost like a dream, you know, and when you go so many days in that state of, 
kind of panic. Um, and we were also worried that we were going to get our electricity turned off here at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of, um, you just try to muddle through, but the staff did a wonderful job of that. And even when they're, you know, they were tired and their tempers were, you know, a little on the shorter side, they, they were just incredible. And we did make some really good progress with things. Um, as far as like human resources, used to be if we brought staff in and they had to spend the night we didn't pay for their time and and to me that was one of the big wins and and it was a lot of support from shane harbinson and our hr team and gislaine when we said hey i i think we should pay these guys if we're gonna if they can't leave if they're not free to leave the airport um we need to pay them and we need to take care of them and so i think that was one of our big scores out of snowmageddon uh, was the ability to pay staff. And I think that'll set the tone in the future um, for other things. So we got to take care of them. Absolutely. And the thing is, Denise, is that's what you do, right? Like you, you take care of people and, and folks don't know this, but you know, in the height of, in the height of COVID and, and even not with COVID, you would go out of pocket. I don't know. A lot of people know this because people tend to think that you know you, you just you know use whatever resources you have. But you have gone out of pocket for a lot of money on your guys, and they don't know that it's coming from you. Like it's not coming from the organization; it's coming from your bank account, my dear. I thought I'd throw that in there because it be true. It it is um, because when COVID hit, uh, Gislaine and Rajiv and company, they all we you know. Uh, clamp down on the budget and yeah. we we all everybody made sacrifices all the division managers did a wonderful job of going in and slashing stuff and what can we do and uh we even took the terminal it was almost like an accordion um when we got to a point we started closing down gates to mm-hmm. minimize the amount of space that we actually had to clean and maintain and maintenance and so after several months of that i just felt we need to reward the staff as much as possible. Now, the kicker was, is we didn't want to put a bunch of people in the same room together again because of COVID. So we had to figure out how to do that and, and not upset people as well. So, yeah, I just felt at that point, you know, it's not much, but, a you know, a breakfast tacos or pizzas or uh, some sort of meal or food trucks or whatever. Um, and I know some other managers did that, too. I thought it was just the right thing to do for the staff. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I think one of the biggest things, at least for 2021 and this year, we went through a lot of hardship last year and a lot of things. And then the challenges with the snow and then all of a sudden it we went just ramped right back up as far as on air service demand and passengers coming back. And again, that resiliency that you spoke about and the, the ability of the teams here, um, there were some growing pains, I think, in the summer. But by the time we got to, I mean, we just had our busiest day ever with Formula One. Um, and it went as smooth as it could have gone. I mean, even pre-COVID, I, I feel. I mean, the, the resiliency of, and the work and everything that's happened this year has just really been impressive. I, I, I mean, to me, I mean, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, it's crazy because we're having the same issue that a lot of employers are having is finding staff to come back. Um, and that's the other thing is, you know, um, We've got hybrid environments now, which I guess is a good thing about COVID. It, it has brought some good things out, like, you know, the work from home for some when people can do it responsibly and everything. But um, the, the facility services guys and gals, they just, uh, 
they've been busting their tail and working very short. And I said to somebody, we're trying to stick 20 ounces of tuna into a six ounce can. And that's kind of what we've been doing. And they're, they're finding challenges. Like when the gates are really packed, they really can't go in there and clean like they would like to. Um, same thing with fuel maintenance. They, they do an awesome job of keeping, um, the grounds looking nice. And then they do a lot of ancillary jobs that's really not in their job description, but they do it anyway, like moving furniture and, and, um, you know, getting things from point A to point B. Um, same thing with the building maintenance, you know, we're looking at our infrastructure and, and right now it's aging. And so things don't work like, you know, they probably should, but, you know, they're keeping that baggage handling system running and they're keeping the lights on and the plumbing running. And so you got to give them a shout out because those those guys and gals are just busting their tails to make things happen. And they're being asked to do more with less. So um, it's a it's a challenge all the way around. You've seen a lot of things, though, Denise. So what, what has been the worst? I mean, you have you have been here when 9-11 you were here uh, when the airport flooded. Like you've gone through quite a lot, no? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's so much I've forgotten. I've been having conversations with people and they remind me of stuff that I'm like, I don't remember that, but I, I, I believe you. I believe it happened. Um, yeah, 9-11 was really eerie. Um, I remember I was actually downtown taking an Excel class and I get this page hey, we need you to report back to the airport. And I remember I was standing in a break room downtown and I was watching, I had no concept. I'd never been to New York, so I had no concept how big the Twin Towers were. But I see this aircraft crash into it in the break room and I was like, wow, that's an alert three. What what happened there? And then, then you see the second one and you're like, oh my God, we're under attack. So we come back here and then we had to just rapidly shut things down and it was almost like COVID. It was like a ghost town in the terminal. I mean, it was it was just eerie. And I remember walking by the newsstand and I saw this picture of New York and all the citizens were gray, you know, from the dust. Mm-hmm. And I just thought we all were all the same. You know, these it just it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but a year later, you know, TSA came on board and, and it was a whole change to the security model for screening. And there was a lot of growing pains with that because people weren't used to to it. And now, and just like anything else, initially, because there's this response to terrorism, people are okay with it, right? But as time goes by, we forget. And they got less patient with the process. And so, you know, there was that growing pain. Um, then we had the economy go up and down numerous times. I mean, I can remember Jim Smith talking about uh, the potential for layoffs at one point, you know, and so we were all hunkering down again, tightening our belts for the budget. Um, and you, you don't want to see employees go through that. That's their livelihood. Um, right. So we've had that. And then just numerous changes. I mean, uh, I, it, the whole shutting off the lights at Robert Miller and coming out here was just crazy. You know, it was that was a production in and of itself. But it's it's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's had its good moments and bad moments. And then um, I have noticed our activity on an emergency management level is steadily increased over the years. Um, APD and some of the stuff that they're seeing now, we, we, you know, we have homeless that come out and um, 
We've got people that have mental health issues that show up at the airport and Mm -hmm. those have been challenges and that that's becoming um, more of an increased activity here at the airport as well. So, um, and, you know, get the guest services folks and our term ops guys and, and ground trans and stuff. They've, they've had to deal with a lot of that on the front lines, um, our security group, you know, and then who would have thought that there would be people that actually, you know, you had the taxi drivers to the TNC movement and that's been a whole different experience that we've had to get used to. And, and like we talked about the uh, social media aspect of everything you do, everything's on TV. You almost feel like you're always in a reality TV world. Right. And there's everything on camera as well at the airport. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and those, have, those have been, you know, helpful over the years. Um, you know, we've got lots of projects and then the, the growth on the P&D side, the construction, just it's, it's all good. It's just uh, it's sometimes it's much and, and it's going to continue. Uh, I think the staff is up to the challenge. I think they're ready for it and they'll make do and they're real, they're real good at finding out solutions. And I think that's one thing we should do more is listen to them and listen to their ideas and see what they think and then flush those out, you know, and see if they're actually going to, to work or bear fruit. So. AUS shark tank. Shark tank. Yes. I like that idea. That's kind of funny. (laughs) Now I know one question that we do ask all of our guests who who do come on the show. um, And you've, you've been with the airport for a a while now. Do you remember your first flight either into or out of Austin? I do. Um, I was actually a senior in high school and I was in, uh, I was going to Midland, uh, Midland Lee at the time. And I flew in, uh, for a Chicago concert. Uh, so South Park Meadows used to be an open field and there was actually an outdoor, uh, venue. And that's been kind of the interesting thing. Um, and I had also flown down to go visit Southwest Texas state. Cause that was one of the universities that I was looking at to attend. So I kind of got a twofer. I got to see Chicago in concert back in the day and uh, <laughs> got to see the, which would be my college that I went to. So um, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, the neat thing about it was there was also, um, I think at the same time, the women's NCA, either the regional tournament or the final four was here in Austin. And my idol, Pat Summit, happened to be flying out. And so I was really shy, but I went up and got her autograph. So, yeah. Cool. Look at you. It's crazy, right? Because when you think about back then and you're, and you're just, you know, what did you say? You're in high school and you, you fly in to see your university and go to a concert. And before you know it, you're, you're running the airport. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and who would have thunk? I mean, who, who would have thunk? thunk? Thunk it. I mean, just you know, you, you're so innocent, right? You just fly in and go, "Oh, here's an airport, and how did I get to here?" And then all of a sudden, you know, flash forward twenty plus years later, and and you know, you're you're running things. It's crazy, isn't it? How your path takes a traje- your your life takes a trajectory. You know, we've been talking about all the stuff that you've gone through, Denise. But what's one of your fondest? Like, what was one of the most fun things that's happened at the airport during your time? There's lots of good moments, but I have a funny story and she'll, she'll kill me for saying it, but uh, I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, 
But it's your uh, last day. Go on. So, <laughs> so there was a point with the airport police after 9-11, we had to do a mass hiring because we had to meet certain requirements. And I mean, there were stacks and stacks of applications and there was really no rhyme or reason or process. And at the, at the time, you know, with police hirings, it's a little more detailed. You get a little more personal and, and things. Sure. But I remember Sean Shepard coming and he goes, come on, come to my office. We got to go through these big stacks. And I was like, okay. So the first thing we were doing is we were just pulling out people that met the preferred qual. So at that time we were looking for military or degrees or combination thereof. And it just randomly picked up the stack and I had nowhere to go. But I picked up the stack and I looked through it and I see this name, Tawanda. And I laughed and I said, Tawanda, the amazing Amazon woman, for that, or excuse me, the amazing Amazon woman. And what that was from was fried green tomatoes. Ah. And I just picked that application up at random and I started flipping through it. And I said, oh my God, she's got a degree. Oh my God, she's in the military. And I, I got excited because the other thing we had trouble with is recruiting females and minorities at the time. Women, you know, it was, is very difficult so, you know, I put her in the stack and I thought, well, you know, the other experience that you have when you do a lot of hiring is, especially with police, they wash out during the process for various reasons. And um, it was amazing. And so I never told her that story until about two years after she was hired because I didn't want to, you know, you never know if you're going to offend somebody by how you just randomly pick their name out of a hat. But uh, it was it was really fun. And it's, you know, developed into a wonderful career and and relationship with her. And um, and then, you know, I have to give it to Gary and and to he he was amazing. And I I just I've, I've been lucky that I've had a really good group. And I'll tell you, do you know what's funny? Like this is our last, um, this is our last podcast for 2021. But it was Tawanda who kicked off our first podcast of 2021. So we've gone full circle there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I've had a lot of good good memories. Um, seen a lot of things and a lot of fun people watching. That's one of the things I love about working at the airport. There's a lot of fun people to watch, um, see what they're wearing, see what they're doing. And, and it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So one final question, I think, um, you have to ask it being your last day and all, what are you going to do next? What, what is your plan? I'm actually, uh, moving to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, Asheville is a lot like Austin. It reminds me a lot of Austin, uh, the blueberry and the red state as well. Um, very laid back, hippie, hippie vibe and feel. And, um, my sister lives up there. I've been visiting up there for about 10 years, lots of hiking. They also have four seasons, which I'm kind of looking forward to, um, but that's where I'm headed. Um, I'm sure I'm going to take a little bit of a break and reset and recharge, and then I'm going to get into something, I'm sure. That sounds fantastic. And I am very happy for you for that. That, that's, that's, that sounds like a fantastic plan. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm right on the fence with that because I'm just as happy as I am sad. Denise. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad too. I can't talk about it too much or I get teary eyed. I, I gave I one know. of the officers a hug yesterday and I started just, well, see, I'm about to do it now. So we'll just leave it alone. I'll tell you, I, I, I sat and I remember Denise telling me her plans a couple of years ago and I'm like, don't you dare, don't do it. 
I'm going to make you stay, Denise. But, you know, at the end of the day, and, and this is, the, this is, this is one of the things I want to say to you, Denise, is that, you know, the, the sign of, of leadership is knowing when it's time to move on. Right. And you said that to me a couple of times. It's like, it's time for younger people to move on. It's time for new people to move on. It's time for a change. And, uh, and I really respect that. And I also respect the fact that, you know, we had our, Bryce, we had our emerging leaders, um, uh, well, you were there, our graduation, and we had an executive roundtable. And, you know, Denise shows up and shows strong every time and is always supportive of any leadership efforts that, that certainly uh, my team gets involved in and does and leads and stuff. And one of the questions was, you know, what made you stay so long, Denise, right? Because 26 years, that's a lifetime, right? It's a lifetime of work. It's a dedication to your career. And I love Denise's answer because it comes from the heart. And I know it comes from the heart. And that is uh, public service. And you have that heart, Denise. And it's hard to find somebody who leads with heart. And that's you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to, I am going to, for one, going to miss you a lot. And I think that the airport is going to lose a little piece of its heart when you go with it, when you leave. Um, but I certainly wish you everything always because you deserve it. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm going to miss, miss it too. I can't really think about it a whole lot or it'll be a little bit overwhelming, but um, the staff's resilient. The challenges that you're going to face in the next several years are going to be pretty big, but they, they can do it. They can handle it. And I have absolute faith in that. And it'll be fun to watch from afar. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll fly in every once in a while. I've got a lot of friends in the area, so I'll be around. And I still love Austin. Got to come back and see Semester's Follies and stuff like that, too. So... Well, thank you so much again for all of your work that you've done here at the airport. I mean, 26 plus years. I mean, that, that's incredible devotion. I mean, thank you for all of that. Thank you for joining us today um, on your last day of all things. <laughs> like we, we've been, we've been, trying all, we've been trying for 19 episodes. Like we need to get Denise on. So <laughs> we, we do appreciate it. I, I, I Yeah, I, I don't, I'm tongue tied. So anyway. <laughs> But uh, you promised me you would edit this, though. See, so. Yes. I'll come <laughs> find you, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> but again, th thank, you, thank you so much and best wishes for everything going forward for you. Yeah, y'all too. And, and uh, like I said, the staff's awesome and they'll continue to, to shine for the, for the city. They'll be those ambassadors. So again, thank you so much, Denise, for coming on the show. Uh, as Michelle said before, we even jumped into the interview. You you will be you will be missed here at the airport. You are an absolute icon here, and I'm like I'm thrilled that we were able to interview her today. So thank thank you, Michelle, for helping. We we both kind of cornered her <laughs> during an emerging leaders graduation and got on our hands and knees and begged and pleaded. So thank, thank you for assisting and strong arming her to join us for this we episode. We heart you, Denise. We heart you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is, ep I mean, episode 20, last episode of the year. Um, yeah. And I thought we could kind of close this out with kind of looking ahead to the future. I mean, again, I kind of, yeah. it seems weird to say it. So did you ever watch Back to the Future, Bryce? I know you must have watched Back to the Future. Oh, yes. Okay, so you know those flying hoverboards, mm -hmm. you know the like the skateboard that was flying. Was that supposed to be twenty twenty two? Remind me, is that? I think 
I think that was supposed to be like 2015. Shut up, really? Yeah. I feel like I need I to look that right. up. My my son wants a fly on hoverboard. We're still not there yet, but so uh, so. What am I looking forward to in the future? What are you looking forward to in the future, Bryce? I'm looking forward to flying ho- hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. well, I think I think for 2022, I think the the big exciting news is we're kind of looking at least from again. I always kind of talk air service, but um, KLM is coming back in March. Yes, and that's going to be extremely cool. Uh, get another transatlantic service into Austin. It's going to be Austin nonstop to Amsterdam, which is, I don't know a ton about Amsterdam, full disclosure, but everything I've ever seen. I mean, you just think that all the iconic picturesque photos of the tulips and all the cool things there with like art and just you're right in the like heart of Europe. And it just seems extremely cool to me from that. But the other thing is what, what KLM brings. Um, I mean, they are, they're a major airline and get, and that is their airport. I mean, is that, that is, that is the heart of who they are and gets you right into access to incredible destinations. You Austin into Amsterdam and then the world is your oyster. I mean, you're talking the rest of Europe into Asia, into Africa. Um, It's a really cool opportunity for travelers um, to get across the Atlantic on with a great service and then be able to travel and get, to all sorts of other incredible destinations. I was going to look it up for a little write-up recently on everything. I was like, oh, they offer like 100 destinations. They offer 200 destinations. It was like, wow, that was like, they offer, you can fly anywhere from Amsterdam on KLM. So I think that, wow. that's the thing I think I'm most most excited for, at least from the airport perspective, for something that's at least in the, coming up in the next almost 90 days. Well, yeah, so the the KLM hub is in, uh, is in Amsterdam. So yeah. Uh, that's I am awesome. not going to try to pronounce the name of that airport. Um, no, don't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but I mean, but, hey, yeah. who doesn't want to go to the the capital of the Netherlands, right? Who exactly. doesn't want to go I there? Mean, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I mean, we talk about art and galleries and stuff. That's the home of what Van Gogh and, and Rembrandt and all, all just the history that's going to be there. Is I have also never been to Amsterdam, although it is a it is a firm favorite for uh, Europe stag nights. Um, European. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never heard. It's, I've heard nothing but great things for travel for travel for that. And then with that added bonus of just it being their hub and it just being that gateway to, like I said, three continents. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to go? How about you? Okay. Oh, me? Well, I mean, I I've got a so twenty twenty two is going to be quite a year. We we have a lot of programs running in twenty twenty two. So um, it's going to be a very challenging year. The schedule is going to be incredibly busy. But one of the things that we're launching. So you you mentioned there earlier that um, there you were in the emerging leaders graduation uh, in December with your with your team, and then um, went off to Zocalo for lunch. But we on the 6th of January, so right at the beginning of the year, we will be launching a new leadership, uh, basic leadership and supervision program, which actually runs throughout the entire calendar year. And we're doing two cohorts um, concurrently. So that very quickly adds up on uh, on calendars. But we're very excited uh, because, you know, one of the things that that is a struggle for us is that we are a highly operational 
organization because the airport is a critical infrastructure. So if people have to be here, show up and and be, um, you know, 100% operations, uh, what we're looking for is let's make that, can we make that like 80% operations? Because <laughs> at the same time, we need to really focus on developing um, our employees and making sure that they're ready for the future and finding that space to invest in them. And that can be a bit of a challenge. So the challenge for us the, 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 is to find the space and time in which to pull, uh, pull people uh, out of operations into a, a development and, and learning mode. Uh, but, you know, we've had great support from the executive staff. We've had great support from um, the, the leadership team to make this happen. So, yeah, we're going to pilot it this year. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also just a little bit scared, just so you know. Another year, <laughs> another new program you're launching. It, 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 it's incredible. Uh, well, well, we'll see. We'll see how it all we'll see how it all goes. This one's a big one. Yeah. This is a big Certainly one. sounds like it. But I think that that's a good place to kind of wrap this up for, for the end of the year. And again, this is episode 20. Uh, and we want to thank everyone out there who has been listening throughout this year. I know um, hopefully we've been able to improve the quality of the podcast from the beginning. This has been a new experience for us learning everything. Uh, and the fact that there are still literally hundreds of people who, t- who tune in and listen to these uh, when we put these out me- means the world to me as the person who has to kind of put all this stuff together. I know working with you, Michelle, this year has been an absolute treat. Um, so I'm very thankful for all of that. I am too. I, I, uh, I love working with you on this podcast, Bryce. It's awesome. I'm telling you, Matt, virtual high five. Woohoo. We managed, Woo-hoo. we did a whole year of this. Look, look at us. 20 episodes. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's at least for that, that. That's kind of the note I would want to leave on everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, not just to this episode, but to every episode this year. Uh, and if you have any questions or you want to reach out to us, you know about future episodes, you can always do that. Um, but I just want to say that I wish everybody celebrates a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, I'm your co-host, Bryce Doobie. And I'm your co-host, Michelle. I see you guys in 2022, people. The Austin Approach is the official podcast of Austin Bergstrom International Airport and the City of Austin's Department of Aviation. Our theme music is produced by Michael Pinnock, the AUS Music Program Coordinator. Thanks for listening.